minutes, okay? Welcome to Beerfield. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper with two P's. Uh, Hopper has two P's, as does Beerfield Hop. As always, joined by the man I had to convince to drink at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Apparently, he bikes 25 miles three times a week, which is, I didn't know that. Learned a fun fact about Ryan before the show. That is pretty dope. Yeah, I'm on my Peloton a lot, so I like to ride. You're. Dan and I's workouts consist of 12 ounce arm curls and throwing plastic as far and accurately as we can. <laughs> oh, actually, I, I have I've actually started a program. So, so I am, I, I am well, good. See, oh, also, do you know what episode title we're on, boys? 420. 420, smoke them up, Suchi Boochies. I should have done Boochies. <laughs> we weren't dry in this house until about two hours from now, I would have uh, partaken. That is, uh, I was like, oh, 420, look at that. Here we go. It is. It is. How cute. 500 has always been like my goal since we started this thing. Once I get to 500, I'm living on borrowed dime. So it's like Dal- a little bit. Dallas has missed both extra points, by the way. Mm. Maher. That, uh, Maher. Maher, know her. If Tampa yeah. Bay was of anywhere of a decent team, that may hurt him. They're gonna find they're a gonna way come, to win this. They're, yeah, they're gonna come back. I'm not worried. They're, they're gonna find a way. <laughs> They'll find a way. Well, they sorry. always find a way. Terrific time. Dynasty content. We got a lot of that for you in the coming weeks. We're gonna do some uh some deep cut type stashes this episode. We'll do some buys and sells next episode. Um, to kind of wrap that up. We'll go back through the last three draft classes like we do every offseason. Uh it's really gonna cover the rest of January to the middle part of February. And then we'll start hitting the combine and the draft type type stuff pretty hard. So um, we're working draft stuff in the back end right now. Just, you know, like to have our ducks in a row before we start talking about it. So postseason dynasty check-ins start today. Those that have been with us for several years know how this goes. Um, we've kind of gone through the same phases. It's our favorite time of year. It's the most exciting time of year. Um, and this time of year is presented by the FF Faceoff. So, oh, look uh, at this! Shout out to to those guys doing some rookie mocks with them right now. So I'm sure that there will be some, uh, I don't know, articles, ADP shows, episodes, something on that at some point. You'll hear about it somewhere. So, yeah. Plus, I'll be doing uh all the rookie mock drafts again on Sleeper. So if anyone's interested, hit me up on Twitter, Ryan Miner underscore FFB. If you want to get in on any of them. Or at Beerfield, he pays attention to that one too. Sometimes. Oh wait, uh, it's, not, it's not it's not Beerfield anymore. It's Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast. Oh, did you change it back? Someone did. I did. I did last episode. I did during the episode. I'm like, we're it, just gonna it. change this right away. So, did you change the name or did you change the handle? I changed the name because the handle is fine. Oh. The handle is just at Beerfield, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I will. Since you already changed it there, then I'll work on getting the podcast. I'll work on getting the uh, streaming channels and stuff changed back. We took that out um, because we were going to do more non 
football content, but then the NFL never sleeps, and we just figured, fuck it, we'll just throw a random non-NFL episode in there every now and again as well. And if you care, sorry, July's boring. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Well, then it's like a know, reset. And then Ryan joined, and it was like, well, yeah. Well, and we we're not going to subject them to non-football, and then we partnered with that. Yeah, and we partnered with a literal sports site. So there's that too. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, more to come on that. I got some statistical betting stuff. I might try to put an article form. I don't know. I did quarterbacks today. It's kind of ugly, but dynasty content. First off, we're drinking. Let's go ahead and get into to what we're drinking, and then we'll we'll cut into some news, and then get get it down with the get down, whatever that means. I just made that up. What's fueling beer fueled? Dan, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right. We're going to continue with uh, what Ryan kind of did last week, what I did a few weeks back. We're going to keep with the NA stuff because it's it's good to expand. Um We've You're all drinking. got curveballs today. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good to expand, you know, your type of drinking, especially this time of year when people are looking to be a little more health conscious or want to shut off those extra pounds from the holidays. Uh, I, I, I'm bringing back Big Drop because, again, nice. got to support who I, uh, what my brewery makes. This is their Jacoba uh, Maya Mexi style in a lager. So this has, because they like to include ingredients, is water, barley malt, lactose, oaks, rice, hops. And because this is a Mexican-style lager, it's got sea salt and then yeast. So it's got, it's got all the things that you look for in an actual beer, but made to not give you a hangover. Or get Very drunk, nice. I guess, more or less. Very nice. Getting drunk usually, you know, not getting drunk usually helps with not having a hangover. <laughs> Um, I'm going a different route. So I have Bistro with a T, Chic. Uh, it is a Merlot Cab and Syrah blend. Hmm. Uh, this is a 2020 vintage imported from France. I actually made a uh, Greek lasagna tonight, Greek moussaka, which is kind of a lasagna take. It's like eggplant and zucchini and like a healthier version of it. There's no pasta in it. And it called for uh, red wine in the sauce so naturally you don't want the bottle to go to waste so i drank the rest of it <laughs> so uh <laughs> that's what this is so again that's a blend of merlot cab uh, Saab, and syrah uh 2020 vintage imported from france so more on that about part way through the show been a while since i've had why not it's not the first time it's just been a bit it has been a bit i feel like it's been a couple of years probably that's the last time i heard probably yeah so Originally, I came out with just a big cup of water because after riding, I'm still really thirsty. But Hopper convinced me into getting myself a hard seltzer. So I did. So I have a White Claw Black Cherry. Oh, for God's sakes. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Could have at least gone with like a local seltzer with fucking White Claw. It was last minute. He had no time to plan. And I talked to him. I, into it, I him know. I he's, know. He's doing what he can with what he got. I know. Hey, 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 I mean, hey. Someone's got to be on the show that can... You know, yeah. that can give the listeners something that they can actually find at their, their places. You can probably yeah. find this, too. It's imported from France. I'm sure the only place like you can get it in more places than just Dean's. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Ryan. I, I'm not hurt. I know. And, 
Yeah, Isn't your beer something they're brewing for overseas? Yeah, but you can get ours here. You can right, get but you big can drop. Get it every, but you can get it everywhere. Not everywhere. We, I think they're only in, I think, seven or eight states. It's more than here. Just here, though. I mean, you can get it where you're at. Can just I? Not, actually, you probably can because it's not distributed by us here. It's with a different distributor. But yeah. anyways, Ryan, White Cloud, what is it? Black Cherry. It's a hard <laughs> salsa. It's f- fizzy. And there ain't no laws because he's drinking claws. Heck no. Never. There isn't. A, oh, my God. There's no laws when drinking the claw. All right, a couple of our favorite West Coast pretty boys, Cliff Kingsbury, apparently uh, purchased a one-way ticket to Thailand and is telling DMZ he has no interest in coaching this year. So <laughs> he's going to go hang out for on the, the beach for a bit and figure out what's next, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I hope, honestly reading this, my first thought is that I hope that he's just taking the time to recharge and reset and this isn't some like deeper mental health thing here. It's hard to be depressed, I guess, when you're on a beach in Thailand, I'm sure. But... I've never been, so I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, I'm a Cliff fan, Dan. I know you're not, you're not really, but I think all of us kind of, uh, you know, hope for the best. Go, go recharge and reset there, buddy, and then go kick ass in college or as an OC someplace or your next head coaching gig that actually has a supportive GM. Whatever you want to do, I'm in all support of this. I mean, let let the guy go yeah. do what he wants him to chill. do. I, I want to say a fuckload of money and he's getting 5.5 million to sit at home. Let him chill. I mean, yeah. Like I want to say it's what for the next, I, I think I saw until 2027. Yeah. Cause he's an extension before this year. He's yeah. 5.5 yeah. million to just yeah. do nothing. <laughs> like again, he's almost as good. He's almost as cool as Matt Flynn, but you yeah. know, he's basically chased, you know, Daniels at this point and he gets paid to not really do much, but at, at this point he doesn't even have to have a job. He can just, do whatever because he's getting five point five million to hang out and do whatever. It, it's incredible. I absolutely love it. But I got to become an NFL head coach. Yeah, I'm in the wrong yeah. business. Yeah, Me be, too. I mean, some of the guys they hire. I mean, you might as well just hire somebody off Twitter. I get fired. I don't get my salary for five years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> be great, right? Uh, Sean McVay going the other way. He, after a much briefer than last offseason flirtation with not returning, is going to come back as the Rams head coach. They also picked up Matt Stafford's 2023 option. So I think this is the right call. The Rams are in a in a bad way, and the only option that they have to be competitive is to try to run it back again with the same group and the same core um, before, you know, it goes south. I mean, it already went south, but... They don't really have another option. They don't have the the capital to, to rebuild or anything. They're starting to age out. Um, so I don't know what else they can do. This is probably the best case scenario for them. Yeah, I got to get something else with, with Baker Mayfield there. So it's like you might as well pick up Stafford. I mean, and if you start bombing, do they trade cup now? You know, if the season starts going south again, do you try trading away everyone? They actually have their first rounder for 2024. Yes. Okay. Then yes, if things start going south, you you move Cup. You maybe try to move Stafford midseason. Um, Donald, if he doesn't retire, they've got trade pieces to go full rebuild midseason if it goes bad. And they can actually, you know, pick his own his own quarterback for once. 
I mean, I guess he kind of handpicked Stafford about as much as you could do. <laughs> so yeah. he, picked, he picked Baker Mayfield too. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he. I mean, they were the only team that put in a claim, and they had a yeah. very high claim. So, mm-hmm. which I mean, it makes sense, right? You lost Stafford. Let's get Baker in because. You know, Stafford's health is going to be a question. Let's see if maybe we want to bring him in as a backup. If Stafford didn't come back, see what you got because you don't have a first rounder. So, you know, and you don't have a lot of cap space. So you got to try to figure something out. Baker's a good lottery ticket. But anyway, good for them. Uh, We got some playoff stuff to talk about here. So the Giants, Jags, 49ers, Bills, and Bengals have all advanced so far. Um, the, uh, Cowboys currently are up 12 zero on the Bucks. a couple subplots in this one. So let's, let's start off not in chronicle chronological order, uh, chargers in that blown lead. A lot of people want to place a lot of blame. Who are you guys blaming for that? Uh, 28 point or 27 point choke job. It's going to fall. I mean, it's got to start on Brandon Staley, right? It's got to start exactly. on the head coach. It's got to start on the guy that's supposed to corral and supposed to bring these guys during these situations, right? This is kind of yeah. the moments of why you even have a fucking head coach to begin with. It's it's when shit like this happens. Exactly. You're supposed to be able to rally a team. And then you got to put a little blame on Justin Herbert a little bit, right? In the sense where, like, the, you know, the, you know, there were plays that he could have made, especially in the second half, that could have allowed this team to, to step up. I think he missed a deep shot to Keenan Allen at some point. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not on all one person, but I I think it's a team loss. Absolutely. And it starts at, and it starts at the top with the head coach. Yeah. And Austin Eckler only had six touches too in the second half. So yeah, right there. Six. Come on. Yeah. Well, and that's, I I mean, that's the OC Staley's a defensive head coach, but your defense went out and gave up 31 points relatively unanswered. Dicker missed a field goal, which would have been the difference in the game. Herbert didn't make plays down the line. That same defense that created five turnovers allowed 31 unanswered. There's enough blame to go around. And at the end of the day, when the entire team fails in that regard, you had a failure on special teams, failures on defenses, failures on offense, the head coach is accountable for all of that. And I think that's an important distinction because there are people that are like solely wanting to blame Herbert, solely wanting to blame Dicker, solely wanting to blame, you know, the defense, Staley and the defense. And while it's Staley's fault, it's not Staley's fault because of the defense. It's Staley's fault because the whole team just yeah. yep. couldn't imploded sustain that. And credit work, credit's due. Uh, Shout out to Lawrence for being able to turn around what could have just easily been a complete unraveling into an excellent second half, really starting at the end of the first half. Um, Had four picks, really got himself straightened out, some creative play calling by the offense, and Doug Peterson. As much as you want to hit on the Chargers, the Jags, I think, deserve equally as much credit for being able to put that together. I mean, it's... it's, Oh, I'm sorry. Go go ahead. I'll say, and the difference between... Peterson and, and Staley was Peterson adjusted. Staley didn't adjust. He just tried to keep going with what he had. He wasn't changing anything up where Peterson actually started changing things up and actually made that offense flow. Yep. It, it, it's into Ryan's point. It's super. I mean, it just speaks volumes to having a head coach that's been there. That's handled 
you know, somewhat adversity, you know, throughout his time in Philly, and then being able to, you know, you know, won coach the, the playoffs, Nick Foles, yeah. won a fucking Super Bowl with Nick with Foles, backup and, quarterback, yeah, and just yeah. finding ways to be successful in ways that you know, I'm not sure how far the Jacksonville team's gonna go, but I promise you, Chiefs fans, if you're sleeping on, on this team, you're gonna see what happens when, uh. You're gonna see what happens when a team's got this much momentum and this much. And to go get my son they're, they're playing with what? they're playing with house money. Yeah, and they won what six straight? They won five straight to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They won, you know, six straight now with this comeback win. And every single team that we've seen, right? Every single team we've seen besides maybe San Francisco, you know, it's it's absolutely beautiful. You know, Buffalo. A lot of third string quarterback nearly beat him because of the you know because of timely turnovers, and yep. you know the Bengals you know nearly lost to arguably one of the worst teams in the postseason in Baltimore. Good defense, but bad offense, and we'll get to that yeah. in a second. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the Bengals almost lost for that. Um, you know the Chiefs coming off the bye, we've seen teams struggle with that in the past, and yeah, you absolutely can't sleep on them. Um, another subplot. So Brock Purdy, three touchdowns, hyper efficient in this offense. Um, you know, if the Niners keep doing what they're doing, is a chance that the 49ers go into training camp next year with a quarterback competition? Like Mr. Relevant becomes relevant. Is Trey Lance safe? If Purdy keeps winning games and performing in this, I don't think they'll give it to Purdy outright, but I think at minimum it could be a competition coming through camp again. I, I, it, if you spend any time on Twitter, especially after that game, you got a lot of people that will recognize how good Purdy played and well, how also, talented and, Trey Lance is. Yes. Well, yeah, that absolutely. Actually, Trey Lance is really being talked about. It's more so. That Purdy just kind of it, it's it, it's pretty clear to see that he he like this is the product of elite yeah. coaching and having the best running back, the best tight end, at least the best all around tight end, and a running back at wide receiver who 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 in its own right it's almost a top twelve. It, it's it speaks mm-hmm. volumes to it. No, I'm not taking away what Purdy has done. Obviously I like, I mean, I, I didn't love him coming out of the draft, but I loved him when I started watching his film, you know, back in his freshman season, it, it, there's a lot to like about him. Things haven't gone wrong. He's, he's being protected. Like if you know anything about Brock Purdy, if you watch any of his film back in college, when it unravels, it really fucking unravels for him. Oh, he yeah. is, he is a gunslinger at heart. That's like he's of the Baker Mayfield mold, the Sam Darnold's. Like he's of those molds where if things start to go wrong, it will unravel for him pretty quickly. And Kyle Shanahan and his offense or or and his coaching staff have done a remarkable job of 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 putting Purdy in good positions. And Purdy's done what he's supposed to do. What else he's supposed to fucking do, right? He's doing exactly what his job is, and that's to win games. And to not lose them. So, I mean, I mean, it's that simple. But you do your job. You execute well. The whole point of the offensive system is for the system to execute well. So, even if it's a system quarterback type of scenario, if you can win with them, they ain't just going to slam them back on the bench. They're going to hit bare minimum. Now, if you believe in the talent of Trey Lance, this won't scare you at all. But at bare minimum, 
they're getting could, phone calls. They're getting phone yeah, calls. They're either getting, oh, well, yeah. they're either gonna get or phone Lance. calls or the, or for Lance, yes. But they're Ab- gonna end up in absolute a absolute Lance. Yeah, and they're gonna end up probably in a it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch over the offseason because we have a, a controversy and a just in a story developing here, I think. You can't really take um somebody that plays that well and just slam them back on the bench without at least giving them a chance to compete and and keep that job next season, especially when everybody here, everybody on the show, I think, believes in the talent of Trey Lance. I say I think because, Ryan, I'm pretty sure you do too. Um, uh, I was I was against him last year. Okay. I thought he was very raw, but there was definitely talent there. I yeah, the talent's there, and, and you nailed it with yeah. the rawness. Mm-hmm. And th- th- that's the thing, right, is that he didn't play – enough this year to shed that that rawness tag just because he got hurt early on and then the Bears game was really a throwaway just because of the weather that day. The fucking monsoon. The monsoon, right. So that game's kind of a throwaway. So, you know, you don't really have that rawness shed from Trey Lance and now all of a sudden you've got the stretch of Brock Purdy proving that he's a dude that can do it even if it is just in the system, even if it is protective, he's showing that he can work in this system, not taking any away from Shanahan, who seems to do this every year because he always has quarterback injuries, and he made C.J. Bathard and Nick Mullins look somewhat competent. But one last, one last. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were. My bad. No, go ahead. I'm done. Say one last point. Um, look at their window. Trey Lance will be entering his fourth or his third, third season. Third season, yeah. Completely unknown. Yep. They have you know Debo Ayuk's. You know, his contract, you know, they're going to have to figure out how to pay IU because they have, you know, McCaffrey, they have Kittle. And this is just on offense. Oh, it's, it's now. Their window is right now. If you're winning with Purdy, this is why I I, I, I won't obviously guarantee it, but I, I promise you there are teams going to be making phone calls to San Francisco about Trey Lance's availability. Oh, now, yeah. if those, like, it should not shock anybody if he gets moved. Because he still has that type of rawness. He won't get the same type of love because he only have two years left on his rookie deal. And really one year left before you have to decide if you have you know if you want to pick up his fifth year or not. Yeah. But after looking at this quarterback, if I'm the Jets, if I after looking at this quarterback class, if I'm the Jets, if I'm Carolina, if I am Vegas, um Tennessee. Tennessee, I'm well, Tennessee kind of has their own version and draw Trey Lance and Malik Willis, but what? Dallas scored again and he missed the fucking extra point again. That's the third what? missed extra point from Mar. That's a that's the third in a row. That's gonna bite him, and I'm gonna laugh. Eighteen nothing. <laughs> it won't bite him. I like I I don't see Tam- I don't see this Tampa Bay team coming back, but it's the third. Why the fuck are you still kicking field goal or just stop. go for t- just go for two if you're gonna miss him. After yeah, he's missed the go second one, style. we should not even go back to kicking it. I mean, thank God that Tampa Bay isn't very good this year. Otherwise, they, they would be getting their ass kicked yep. in this sense. Yeah. My God. Hysterical. <laughs> Three. Yeah. If I'm any of those teams that doesn't have an opportunity hit, it Stroud or Young or maybe Hinton Hooker, his statistical stuff looked pretty okay. I think he might be this year's version of that rawness, though. He's so uh, fucking old. That's it. Like yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, he's old. Twenty five. He's, he's 25 a more rod version of like uh-huh. Kenny Pickett. 
like he's, he's also a more athletic version of Kenny Pickett. Well, he's, that's it, besides yeah, yeah. the point. He's absolutely. I I just don't know how much more you can you know grab from him. I mean, I, I mean, if you I, spend that much time in the end of, in college, I like I'm sure there's some more ceiling to him, but it's not like you know a Trey Lance or a Josh Allen that at least had you know. They're coming in at twenty twenty one years old. I mean, Hayden Hooker is coming in in his mid mid fucking twenties. So, <laughs> give me a twenty five year old. I'll take Hooker over Bennett. I mean, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it, it's it's not even a question. Absolutely, no, no. Um. So anyway, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. Teams are probably going to be this is going to be something to keep an eye on because if the Niners feel good about about Purdy. Man, how do good teams stay good if they're agent through their window? You can trade if you can trade Trey Lance for a little bit of a haul, and they have that good of a roster and picks to help manage the salary cap situation after they've proven an ability to draft. Yeah, like, I mean, just yeah. the Niners might have the best sustained success and in infrastructure amongst any team in football right now. They're the new Patriots, except they don't have you know the that titles. Is, well, yes, and you know which is you know come from the. You know the lack of consistency at QB because of injuries, yes. but I mean they they're overcoming the most difficult position to overcome, and that speaks and and, and it's not just once or twice that speaks a lot volume. of volumes to <laughs> huge volumes of Shanahan. Yeah. Anything else on that, Ryan? Anything bad? That's like the Rams Patriots type of thing with uh San Francisco. They're just trying to they can they can build with what they have because they have so many weapons there. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. As yeah, long as they stop yeah. drafting running backs in the third round, I think they'll be okay. Except yeah. the uh, the Rams <laughs> did it by giving up draft picks. The 49ers are somehow doing it and gaining draft picks. And they also traded for a, a shit ton for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if they have a first or second this year, then. I don't think they think... do because they because they move their set. I mean, their uh, yeah. second round pick was a highlight for McCaffrey. Yeah. I think it was. Was it second this year and second next year? I don't think it was two seconds. I think it was second. Maybe I think it's second, second, third, fourth, fourth, right? There's there's four picks involved. They have two compensatory threes, two fives, and two sevens. So two, three, two, three, five, seven, two, three, or two, three, five, six. They've got two threes. They don't have a second rounder. They have two third rounders, two fifth rounders, and two seventh rounders. They have no four, no six, no first, or no second. Also, the Panthers have their first. No, it should be it should be Denver now because it was Denver. part of the Tyreek. Yeah, it's it part, part of Tyreke? the move up. It was part of the move up deal to get Lance. Uh, uh, Miami oh, got him. Yeah. Yep. But if they flip Lance, they could easily pull that back. Anyway, um, third, third, no, third notable thing coming out of uh, that J.K. Dobbins absolutely flaming the Ravens on the way out. It was uh. It was you're him. Dead. Like was it was you... even a little bit of Huntley too, because he was like, I shouldn't have even been in this spot. <laughs> like, let's right. be real. Was that was wrong? the worst goal line dive I saw. It's like, come on, you're yeah. like, a, you jump two yards away. Harbaugh did it. say it was supposed. He was supposed to go underneath. It don't but, don't it don't matter. It don't matter. I mean, yeah, he I, went I mean, up. At, at that point, yes, it should have been underneath. Like, I think I think anyone who was watching the game with a sense of knowledge of football was like, why are you diving? Why are you going like, over the why? top? Which but, is Oh my god, it's so pissed. Actually, but what really surprised me was Mark Andrews on that play. It's like holy crap, I can't believe how fast that guy is. Well, yeah, I, I mean Oh, he's quick, but he's quick. Perfectly legal block, by the way. For yeah, it was a side swipe. You don't make that call. You, you, you don't make you that don't, call. You but don't. 
my first thought was blocking the back. And then when I watched it again, he did have the arm in the shove from behind, but he had the right hand around the side and to the letter of the rule. If you have one hand on the side, you're good. Um, so that was what told a hell of a play by Hubbard. Um, but yeah, Dobbins basically saying that, you know, Tyler shouldn't have been in that situation, pissed off about his carry load. I'm a playmaker. Why wasn't I on the field? Why wasn't I in that on that goal line stand? I've proven that I can be explosive, and he has been. He's been the heart of that offense, and the only thing that can move it for the better part of the last five weeks. It's the playoffs. Why aren't you relying on me? And, you know, also saying if they had Lamar, they would have won. I don't think you can disagree with any of that. No. No, no. They Their defense was stellar. Against, yeah, they did a really great Cincinnati. I mean, I is it's hilarious because your defense was pretty bad at the start of the season, and then after Lamar got hurt, you know, this is obviously after they made the big trades, it it started to really take off. Like Kyle Hamilton started off struggling, and he's turned into one of the better young safeties. It's yeah, the Roquan remarkable. Smith. Yeah, Roquan, Roquan Smith turned his contract after that trade, and it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. It's a bunch of what ifs at this point for that team, and and Greg Roman should definitely be like he. I'm waiting for Roman to oh, be fired. And I'm God, hoping please. for Roman to be fired because they need a fresh look on that offense, and something something needs to make that team not one dimensional. I've been praying for it for. I don't pray, but I've been asking <laughs> for it for, for like the last two to three years as we've seen Lamar kind of show flashes of progressing as a passer, like please give this offense some other dimension and just show that commitment. Like I, I will obviously love the Bateman draft pick, but I mean, after watching Allen and hurts, which is of similar molds in terms of raw passers becoming yeah, very, very good in that sense. Do they show no commitment? Right. I'm not saying you're going to go out and get a Stefan Diggs or AJ Brown, but I mean, you, you traded away Marquise Brown. He didn't even spend a day to, a day one or day two pick to replace receiver now. Yeah, no. it, it's just it, it just it, it's the continuity of you had moments. a solid solid pick in Duvernay and watched him turn into nothing. I, I mean, he would have been a fine three, you know, in special teams because I don't really care about James Prochet, but it, it's again you don't see that you don't see the evolution of that offense, and that's because of Roman. He was great for Jackson coming out, and he's well warmed his welcome. Also, just. Watch out, Harbaugh. He's not on. The, he's not really on a hot seat, but there's repair, there's potential, re, you know, retirement rumors, and uh, the fact the lack of playoff wins is very much of yeah. Um, God, my God, I remember his name? The old Cincinnati coach. I've made it. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis. Yeah, seven straight playoffs, never won a game. Very Marvin Lewis like, and um, that's where they're at right now. Yeah. And here's the thing with Roman. I think that Greg Roman's style of offensive coordinator served a purpose for Lamar, which is to help ease the transition. But the problem is, is that you hit a point where you are now stunting the, the evolution. You had the perfect guy for young Lamar to come in to tailor the offense to what young Lamar's skills were. But the NFL will evolve and match that. And they did. And you know, we saw a couple teams figure it out year one, and more and more they figure out how to contain it. 
We've seen injuries for Lamar now that have come from that play style, which I think a lot of us were worried about, especially with the size, because it's not Cam Newton. And, you know, you really kind of hindered the development and evolution because you didn't have something that helped nurture the growth at the same time. Roman was perfect for the transition, but he wasn't good for the growth because he just catered to what you were already good at instead of, you know, developing the new skill sets and adding depth to that, like what we saw with Josh Allen, for example. Yeah. Like, you just got to make that, you just got to make that choice. We just watched with, you know, you know, with the Eagles this year with Hurts. You got to make that choice. And they, and, they, and they never did. At least yep. not now. Yep. All right. Um, I think that covers it. Anything else from playoff games that we that we need to talk about? I know the trifecta on Saturday. I hit all the over unders, the spreads, and the uh, money lines. Yay! You should just like, re- you should just retire now because it's never going to be that good again. <laughs> it's no, gambling. No. It's gambling. It's way of saying you done did good, kid. Yesterday was bad, and today's looking even worse. Yeah, yesterday was rough. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Ryan. Actually, no. Wait, we didn't. You're not leaving the segment anymore. I am because we're going round table. Yes, sir. Dynasty darlings. Just finding more reasons to recycle drops. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to go round table. We're going to put an hour on the clock. Um, so right now it is 8.41 Central Time. So on January 16th, 2023, for those timestamp people. Hour on the clock. We're going to round table through as many of these Dynasty sessions as we can get to. Ryan, this was your idea. It's your article. Um, you know, we're kind of looking at these guys. Is These aren't guys you're necessarily going to go out and you know, sell the farm for. They're either going to be throw-in trade pieces or potentially available out on waivers, um, but they're stashes. They're guys you're putting on your on your bench and hoping they can take the step next season. So, um, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and start? Who's the first guy you want to highlight? Uh, one of my first guys, and it's actually huge news, is uh, Sam Howell, the quarterback from the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. And what I like about him is... Carson Wentz has no more money guaranteed on his contract, and Taylor Heineke is also a free agent. So that kind of leaves him as the starting QB1 as of right now. And I saw Player Profile even posted a tweet on Saturday saying that they were going to go to uh, Sam Howell as the starting quarterback right now. So to get him in there, I mean, what he did in Week 18 was exactly what we slaked about him in college when he was at North Carolina. I mean, he had that rushing and building Carolina. He was that team, like – he lost everyone from 2007 or not 2017, but to uh, 2021. So 2022, he has a whole new team around him. So what he's trying to do is try to build around it, but he had nothing to build. So he just like rushed like over 800 yards. And that rushing ability was also showing on uh, Sunday a couple of weeks ago. So he's actually one player I'm actually excited about. He's even able to complete 11 of the 19 passes for 169 yards, a touchdown and an interception. But he was also able to add five rushes for 35 yards in that touchdown. And so that upside there alone, it's kind of like a nice little stash because 
he's more like a QB three right now that you can feel better about. And you can either trade, you won't have to trade much for him because if no one knows what's really going to happen with them, you can't really get much for him because there's too much speculation on what's really going to happen there. But if he's on the waiver wire, which he was on one of mine, I actually just went and picked him up. He's definitely worth an ad on that. Yeah. Sam Howell to me is a, is a huge development play, but if you can either grab him on waivers in a dynasty league or, or get him as a throw in piece, it's, it's kind of a lottery ticket play. So here's what I had on, on Sam Howell coming out of the draft. Um, he had enough zip. His throws were pretty well on target. He seemed relatively accurate, especially with a clean pocket. Um, scrambling was noted um, when the opportunity is there, and he had a good internal clock. He got through his reads quickly, knew when there was pressure, and knew when to run. Also, he punted once in college, so that was some cool points. I had that as a note. He, did. He, uh, he punted in a game I watched. Um, but doesn't throw on the run, didn't move the pocket, not twitchy or explosive so much as just, you know, he can scramble and pick up some yards. And that's fine. We've seen guys like Justin Herbert do that perfectly okay where they're not explosive runners but can pick up yardage and extend plays and move them positive with their legs um overall um my read on sam howell i think from the draft was like it's a guy that if you have a good defense and good playmakers around him he's totally fine it's a game manager with a little bit of rushing floor but um he didn't necessarily make chunk plays. He didn't really show a huge ability to, you know, extend plays or go playground football like what a, you know, Justin Fields can do. Um, and you know he's gonna need pieces around him. Now he does have some playmakers. They do have a decent O line. It's worth the lottery ticket. I don't see Sam Howell as the type of. I'm playing devil's advocate for you. I don't see I see Sam Howell if he gets the starting gig probably being a usable RB2 because of the rushing upside. I don't see RB2. Hopper. RB2. Probably both, honestly. He's white. Um, He's white. (laughs) Shout out Peyton Hillis. Um, Hope you're doing well. But um, I don't see him as the the type of player that's going to elevate a team. If he has a good team around him, he can absolutely make it work. I don't see him as somebody that's going to elevate a team. So I think they'll give it an opportunity because it's what they got right now. And it's going to be sink or swim. So you're taking that gamble, I guess, is the vast risk I want to put on that to devil's advocate what you just said, Ryan. Well, another thing, too, is, is when you look at dynasty stashes, there's a reason why they're cheap or they're on the waiver wire, too. Right. So everything's like, a gamble. It, yeah, exactly. So. I'm not taking any, any jabs at it. It's like, nope, it's a, it's totally called for because we don't know what, what can happen. It's also hard to find quarterback gambles, right? They're so right. They're, they're so black and white. Um, there's, they're so well, black and white between, you know, what is good and what isn't good at the, at the QB position that it's really, really hard to find gambles to take and people that are already in the league on quarterback versus just drafting it. So totally a worthwhile call out. I mean, especially look at the people that stumbled on Brock Purdy. Yeah. You know, you were getting him fourth, fifth round waiver wire at all, you know? I didn't stumble on Brock Purdy. I always knew. Good he stumbled you. into you. He stumbled into I'm, you, actually. Uh, I'm totally kidding. I mean, he I mean he was at times that bad. He probably threw to me by accident. I think, by the way, I think I had the same notes on Purdy <laughs> that you did, dude, Dan, as far as the, uh, yeah. He, 
he is just he's so erratic he is it looks so much fun like i remember texting opera like he reminds me of Jameis winston yeah like, there there's so much there but boy when it goes wrong it, it goes real wrong spirals yep um so yeah thoughts on sam hal dan uh, it's where I mentioned it, it's uh it's just him and Carson Wentz and and I think all reports are reporting to Wentz is probably gone you know yeah. after this year um I don't love Howell his best compare his his best comparable on playerprofile.com shout out to playerprofile.com use it for all your dynasty information yes is Sam good. Darnold is he, he he ran a five oh seven forty like he is not athletic no. he, he is he's not but. He's young, sprightful enough. He's a gamer. He is your Minshews. He is your Taylor Heineke's. He is your lesser of equal-ish kind of Darnolds and Bakers where there's obviously talent there, right? He was a Debbie darling during his freshman season when he still had Michael Carter, Javonta Williams, um, you know, Daz Newsome, and um, oh my God, what the fuck is his name? His other guy he has on this team. Um, where he had an actual, you know, you know, a crew of playmakers around him, as Ryan mentioned, it when they all left in the 2020 draft, and it, it just it it was just him and Josh Downs. It it, it it was rough, horrible old line in college, and he makes a lot of mistakes too. It, it's he can make every throw. It's just there's a lot of different versions of him. So. But there's a reason as Ryan and Hopper both. So there's a reason why he was a fifth round pick. There's a reason why these are dynasty sashes. He is a starting quarterback today when the offseason starts. And nope. for that very reason, he needs to be rostered. It's in not not single QBs, but in, in two QB super flex, he needs to be rostered. Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That yeah. All right, Dan, why don't you throw one out next? Keontae Ingram. Ah, boy. Now, talk about another player I loved when I was vetting the Debbie process. Roko is the sophomore, um, big pass catcher for Texas. And then somebody named Bijan Robinson, I'm I'm not really sure that is, you know, joined Who? the team. Right? I don't know. I don't know. It's just some guy who's supposed to reset the running back world. Um, joined the team. He obviously, you know, fucks off the USC because he still wants to be productive. And for a guy his size, right? Six foot two twenty. Um not the most athletic, but he is a great pass catcher and he is in a system potentially now with, we're not really sure what the Cardinals are going to be, but the only running back that's signed through the 2023 season is James Conner. And again, next man up, right? They're going to add more pieces, but Ingram was a six round pick. He was liked. He got, he got, you know, he got his playing time this year. He's got the size that at least he can handle a full workload. I don't know if he'll ever get that opportunity, but we know the fragility of James Conner and th- this this Cardinals team is moving towards a rebuild or at least a competitive retooling with Murray potentially starting the year on the pup list, depending on when he said how his his uh, recovery time through his clean ACL tier takes. Um, You could see a lot more Ingram next year and he needs to absolutely be on every roster regardless of you know of league format he should be someone that you just throw on your bench and hope and pray 
you are rostering Rashad White, you should all and believe in Rashad White. You should also roster <laughs> and believe in Keontae yeah. Ingram. Yeah. You are forever going to be tied at the hip for me. I had him in the same tier coming out of rookie drafts. Um, Rashad White gets a lot more love and, and want than what Ingram does. But, you know, they were very, very similarly talented, very, very similarly skilled. Um, very, very similar positions with running backs that are under contract for next year, but are either, um, you know, showing some ineffectiveness, signs of aging and and fragility. And I, I can't really add much else to what you said, Dan. I, I think that it's well documented to anybody that's been listening to the show for any amount of time. Well, any amount of time, really, since last year when we did the rookie previews that um, Keontae Ingram is somebody that I absolutely love. He's decisive. He's got good vision. He didn't take negative plays in college. Hard to bring down. Good blocker. Um, looks comfortable in the passing game. He looks like he has everything it would take to be a bell cow. Just waiting for the opportunity. I guess you could say he's one injury away. It's yeah, almost definitely. like he's one injury away. Mm-hmm. But he's got split back though. I mean, with James Conner, you know, he's always very injury prone. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's like being that one injury away. He could be that guy, but I just see him always being like a one-two back there, no matter what. Like he's, he's always gonna be paired with someone. I mean, I see him ever being a bell cow again. You're not gonna find a workhorse in the dynasty right now, right? It's he has the size, he has the somewhat desired athleticism, and he's got the production. At least he's got the profile that would suggest that he could be a semi-less athletic Rashad White. Let me yeah, put it what this way: know. nobody, hardly anybody is getting handed bell cow rolls right now. It's rare. Very, very four, rare. Four running backs only had over 265 rushes this year. Good. Yeah. What it should be. It's very, very rare. How often do you want the pass catcher over the runner? I'm starting to shift that way. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there. Unless too. you're Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, which I don't Unless ever Unless that runner is getting 80 ever. plus targets a season, it ain't paying off for you. So. It's the guys that also catch passes, you know, your Ecklers, your McCaffrey's. <laughs> like, yes. You have a 1A yeah. that's getting 30 to 50 targets a season or a 1B that's getting hardly any freaking carries, but 60 targets a season. I'll take the 1A. Yeah, and Ingram can catch the ball, too, so that's another best yes, thing out of him. looks comfortable. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, how about you got? Um, I'm going to take something that I know was on your list because I've been locked into this and actually made the pickup about five weeks before the season ended. And that's Isaiah Hodgins. Oh, um, uh, yes. Six, four, two, 10, 24 years old, checked a lot of boxes out of college from a statistical perspective. Um, my 2020 notes on him when he was drafted, um, he's on his second team had him as an extremely raw talent with some catch radius, which hurt that kind of hurt his film score because he had the size and checked the athletic boxes, but he was really undeveloped. Um, so a couple years later now, you're starting to see, you know, some of this develop and pay off, which is the part of dynasty that people forget in this instant gratification world. Since landing on the giants um, who currently don't really have a wide receiver one um, that might change come draft time or free, probably not free agency. The wide receiver class isn't that strong. Might change at draft time. Um, but since landing on the Giants, um, his snap shares climbed to the mid-80s. He's first in the league in win rate versus man coverage, 10th overall in route win rate, which those were the precursors to Tyler Lockett's breakout, was being able to win and separate. 
had no drops, 12th in contested catch, four reception touchdowns over his last five games, and that doesn't count the uh, huge performance he just had in his first ever playoff game. And he wasn't doing this against nobody. He did it against James Bradbury, Duke Shelley, who um, in fucking a mid-season pickup is a fucking beast. I'm sad the Bears let him go. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but he's been a badass. And then Kendall Fuller, who's also very, very good in, in deflected balls and coverage. So not necessarily lockdown, but he's not doing that against no one. Um if the target volume shows up for him next year and it started to over the back part of the season, you've got yourself an easy wide receiver too here that you're able to grab on, on waivers in a lot of places mid last year. He's somebody that if he's on waivers coming into the off season, I might be looking at using a third or fourth round rookie draft pick on instead of grabbing somebody at the back end of this draft class. Yeah, it's all going to depend if you're legal. It, it again allows you to pick up thing. a lot of them waivers. Do, but... Yeah, yeah. This is generally pre-draft. Like the only time you ever see this happen is during the pre-draft process. You know, just to prevent the everyday stuff. But, um, just a quick thing: Hodgins right now is the wide receiver one. Yes, and easily. I think Dabble probably or or Dable had a pretty probably strong influence on what happened with with Josh Allen and in the dig situation. I, I I expect that to be the case. Giants are going to recognize that their their windows now. They're going to obviously give Daniel Jones probably a bridge contract. Plus, um, you're going to see them go after, you know, one of these you know veteran you know wide receivers that may be on the move. You know, these guys that are coming up on their final year, guys like Michael Pittman, you know, Brandon Ayuk potentially. Um, you could see those guys start to get offers from these other teams. Those teams would be getting phone calls and th- this is a destination. I think people will want because of the coaching staff and what David was able to do this year. And because of what they have a quarterback with the rise of Daniel Jones, but Hodgins right now, like he is that dude. So I love Hodgins. I mean, from the time he got claimed right after the giants by, he had 33 catches for 351 yards and four touchdowns. And being yeah. the, as that go to receiver, that was after Daniel. the halfway point of the season. So yeah, he is who you wanted Alan Lazard to be. It's Hodges. He's, well, he's he's who you wanted uh, Kenny Galladay to be. Well, that too. Except he's actually so like he's of the same athleticism. Like he's 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 good enough. Yeah, exactly. he's got he he's got a lot. Of, I, he's got a good catch radius. But he's, even he's if a, they, yeah, and he did good yesterday. And even if they Minnesota. do, yeah, God. and even who, if they who do didn't grab somebody, <laughs> I mean. Even if this is a dude that profiles as a two with touchdown upside because of his size and his contested catch rate, like good. <laughs> you know, dynasty people lose this, but dynasty isn't all about the high end players. People lose the fact that you need a roster, you know, top to at least middle that you can plug and play and swap around because of injuries and things not panning out the way you expect and this and that and the other. So, I mean, these are the holes these get type of guys help fill. Absolutely. And that's why it's always fun to always go deep. Like, it's like you, you'll have your eight team, you'll have your 10 team, you'll have your 12, 14, 16. You like, you kind of get a better depth. Like I would try to go deeper to just try to help like other people find someone. Yeah. So, like just like, at least think about it. Could be 1% I mean, owned. you should, I mean, Hodgins is probably not the deepest that we'll talk about. I think at this point, no, he's not been at all. 
he's been you know he's been rostered you know since it became his show and the Giants started to you know improve as a passer especially when you get you know matchups like Minnesota and the Colts you're gonna get there's there's reasons why that you know people are gonna you know look to you as a you know as a flex fill-in indeed I like it yeah he's he's one of my favorite uh definite ads but who's your other favorite because you're up you're up you're up again. I like Jerome Ford the running back out of the Cleveland Browns and basically all that, it's not just one injury away. There's no one else ahead of him as of right now, based on what the contracts look like. Because um, Kareem Hunt is a free agent after this. And Dearness Johnson only signed a one-year contract, so he's going to be gone. So, so Nick that Chubb's leaves, ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's going to be Jerome Ford and then Nick Chubb right there. And for a rookie out of Cincinnati, he only had eight carries for 12 yards this season, so it's nothing like really to catch on to. Not great stats or anything, but... He was very productive at the uh, University of Cincinnati. He averaged 6.2 yards per carry for 1,242 yards and had 20 total touchdowns in 2021. So even though he didn't ever had an NFL reception, he does have the ability to catch as he also caught, had 22 catches for uh, 220 yards for the Bearcats in his final year. The skills are there. I just see like it's just something that the Browns need to tap into. And I'm hoping they do that better than they did with how, what I was hoping with Kareem Hunt this year because they did not use Kareem Hunt like they usually do. It's a strong call out because, as as Ryan mentioned, that 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 it's just him, Nick Chubb, show favorite, show darling, John Kelly, <laughs> and somebody John named Kelly. and somebody like Nate McCreary or some shit like that. They're gonna likely add another player, yeah, to this. Um, they're right in the middle of the pack. They're, I mean, they're they're the bottom. Bottom half of where the salary wants to be, but they're going to be trading contracts to get back up to where they need to be for free agency. So it's a great call out. They're not going to spend a high pick. No, they need to have a chance to open up the season. Most likely, you know, competing with another day three pick. Yeah, and that's what's and, nice about this year's year's draft class too. Is it's very running back deep. It is very running back deep, and you know you got a strong free agency class too. Is is the other yeah. thing here? So. Jesus you know, Christ is strong. Thank God. Yeah, it is a super strong free agent class along with a deep draft class. So, you know, it's a good call right now. Um, it's a good gamble right now. Um, just based on the roster structure. Um, he did have a bit of of college productivity, 30.3% college dominator, um, which is is good, but um not really didn't really show a whole lot this year so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the roster structure plays out um for running backs mostly what you're looking for is is opportunity though and right now he's got a clear path to opportunity but i'd be real surprised if they don't do something in free agency or the draft to to add somebody that we project ahead of jerome ford and maybe not this might look like a much much more sure thing after the draft yeah, yeah, and that's what's hard to like. That's hard to judge now. So you just play yes, the it is. now so you game. play right now. Yep, absolutely. Another touchdown. Jack Twenty-four Prescott? nothing. They kicked yep. extra point. They they just scored. So I'll uh, I'll update on the uh, on on extra point gate. Um, do you need more on Jerome Ford? No. All right. We're going to move to a guy that was on 
probably a hundred percent of dynasty rosters entering this past season. That's probably dropped down to twenty percent, maybe. Chase Edmonds, guys, Broncos. Currently, is on the Broncos now? I thought it was on the Dolphins. Nope, he no, got, he's on traded, the he got traded. Oh, that's he, right. He was part of the uh, of the Bradley Chubb trade, and they picked up Beatty. And did he do anything on the Broncos, or did he get hurt? I think he was practice squad, maybe. Gotcha. But uh, currently, Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray are not under contract entering the twenty three season. Gordon needs Ch- to retire. <laughs> Yeah, right, Javon, yeah. Javonta Williams is the only guy. He's one of the only worthwhile names. I believe Beatty's still under contract there. He is for um, be, it, it was a two year deal, so he'll be there next year. Yeah, but we know based off of the injury and based off of uh, just what we saw from Dobbins recovery, because this is a very similar type of ACL tear. Plus, that Javonta will probably start the year on the pup list, if I had to guess. Which means Edmonds, who's had some most experience, unless they went out and signed a veteran, is a guy that's got experience handling a semi-heavy workload. You know, he's got experience, you know, as a leader of a running back backfield. And while you never expect him to see 15 plus carries, he's a decent pass catcher. He's not gonna have a quarterback that's gonna fucking throw darts to him two yards away like Tua did. Um and that's because a very valuable part to it, right? He was a very, he was pretty much well liked going to Miami. There's a lot of upside buzz to him. He struggles there. He moves on. He gets, you know, it traded and likely dropped the majority of your dynasty league. So, someone that you should go back and re add if he is in your waiver wires and you can, because he will likely start the season next year a part of that backfill, whether he's the leader of that running back room because they'll likely be a committee or at least their primary pass catcher. And again, probably going to be yeah, they, free. They, they were trying to get him involved at the end of the season once uh, the Hackett was gone. Like yeah. he, they was actually being out there as a pass catcher too. So it was actually nice to actually see him play. Yeah. I mean, he didn't I liked him in Miami. It, it, it was uh it just wasn't bad. It wasn't a good thing that it wasn't. Turned out it to was be. a run fit. I don't think two was great at checkdowns because again he likes to, you know, put a little too much heat on it. And obviously he struggled with drops this year, chased it, but you know he showed what he could have been and what he was with Arizona. And you're gonna likely see at least a Broncos offense that should be better next year, and at the very least be a part of or not be the uh, primary pass catcher. I got, I got nothing on on Edmonds. I mean, I you go to Miami and it it doesn't work out, and then end up with Denver, and they've only got Latavius Murray, and you, it gives me some pause on Beatty too, who I really like, but you can't elevate off the practice squad, and then you know I know they have a need there, but you know if he was traded there, he had had time to prove that worth and and. and Elevate. Well, you know what the best part about this pause. is? What's that? Is that you can drop them if they, if, if, if you can nothing. just cut them. Yeah. yeah. Drop right them now, it, you're looking for guys that can have some potential value. Yeah. Through through the draft process. What if Denver doesn't add anybody through free agency or through the draft? 
I would be fucking shocked. And then you, right? Or at least no one of note. Then you start seeing Chase Edmonds, you know, buy right. articles, Sleeper. buy articles, Sleeper sleepers. Article. You don't like them. Yeah, I'll start writing Tyler yeah, Beatty. Hot enough. I'll start Ooh. writing Tyler Beatty, buy articles. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you can sell them. That's Perfect. what's going to happen. Yep. Hey, whatever exactly. works, right? I will do it. Ryan, mark my words. If they get through, uh, if Denver goes through the draft and free agency without adding a back, I will write a Tyler Beatty by article. I love it. You heard it here first. He missed Again? another one. Is he 0 for 4? He's 0 for 4. Or did they go for 2? No, he is 0 for 4 on extra points. What in the actual shit? 0 for 4. Like you're how? Up, thankfully, you're up 24 nothing, and you're down. The third, and, yeah. And this is not like a Jacksonville situation. Like the Bucks have never shown that this year at all. No, they ain't doing anything. How the hell did... ah. Holy shit. How do the Bucks only have seven carries? Well, see, when you're down, you, know, you don't really run the quick ball. touchdowns pretty quickly. And, and right, they, they'll just, you know, use them as pass catchers. I guess. Yeah, check Oof. his phone records. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, for I don't think I've ever seen that actually happen. For on extra points too. God, hope you don't right need there. a field goal. Yeah, like that's that's like me trying to do an extra point. Like I would be zero for four and expecting that because I can't I hit I the freaking post. I think I could accidentally hit one. <laughs> but, right? Yeah, it, you like doink it in. Like, shit. like give me four attempts and I might accidentally connect with one, but. <laughs> He missed three all season, too. That's like through 17 games, he just missed three. He's missed four straight. All right, we're about halfway through our timer, and I'm almost out of wine, so this is where we're going to go. Dan. Yeah, and I'm drinking Big Drop. In a craft brewery out of the UK, made by Distill in the United States. This is uh, their uh, Coba Maya. This is their Mexi style lager. It is like drinking Captain Crunch. It is light, very bready. It, it, it's of what the classic style would be. I don't really get much of the sea salt or nothing to it, but it's very much drinks like a traditional. Which one is this? This is their me, their Mexi style lager. And you said it's like Captain Crunch. I don't know if I like Mexi lagers. If that tastes like Captain Crunch, I might have to try it. Yeah, it's very very bready. And it sounds uh, really good. I like yeah. bready. Yeah, it's 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 like a oh my god, it's like a pretty. It, it's I'm trying to trying to find a a, a comparison to it, but it's a little. It, it, it's not like you're your domestic lagers where they're like drinking water, but it's definitely like you're definitely going to get, you know, the malt characteristics to it mm-hmm. that they use. <laughs> your brawly malt. All right. Yep. I'm drinking uh bistro with a tea chic. It is a blend of 40% Merlot, 30% cab sob and 30% Syrah. I had to do math real quick to make sure that I actually added up. That felt like a lot of percents. Um, nose, it, it's definitely cocoa and a lot of dark fruit. There is a lot of dark fruit on this thing. Wine is my weakest of the, the three major 
categories, by the way. Ton of dark fruit. It does smell a little bit bright, though. There is a little bit of brightness hanging under that. I can taste a little bit of acidity um, on the palate. Finish is semi-dry. It's not harsh by any stretch of the imagination. Has a good mouthfeel as it rolls through. Yeah. A little chewy. Definitely a little bit brighter and more acidic than you'd expect from a lot of reds. Um, but has that dark fruit and cocoa note there. A um, little bit of minerality to it. Overall, I mean, I've had a whole bottle over the course of, or damn near a whole bottle, minus that quarter, quarter cup that went into the food since uh, about six o'clock. So I should tell you, it's a pretty good, pretty good drinker. Um, you know, if you're not super into, you know, dry wines or, uh, you know, basically you only drink Moscatos and sweet shit. It's a pretty good bridge given the fruitiness to it and some of the bright citrus acidity. It's not harsh at all. So, yeah, there you go. My first wine review in a couple of years. Love it. Well, here's probably going to be my first and only review. Of seltzer? Yeah. Black cherry white claw seltzer. Because they're all the same. Yeah. It's sparkly. It's refreshing. It's got two carbs. 100 calories, so it's very good for you. But it's just crisp, and it just tastes like black cherry in a cough syrup type of way. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I'm drinking has less calories than what you're drinking. Yours is 65 calories, right? 45 calories. Oh, so close. You know how much their IPA is? 10. Really? 10. Wow. I mean, hops doesn't really add any calories to it. It doesn't really. It just adds, you know... Your flavor and it, you know, and in, 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 in it preserves, but it's a little bit yeah. a uh, Monster Energy drink. Ten, yeah, it's about as close as you're going to get to a zero calorie beer. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. I was fucking shocked by it. This bottle has the shittiest cork known to man. I can't get this fucking thing out. <laughs> I'm trying to go to something wine finish so I can drink it out of a wine glass, and this is the worst fucking cork ever. <laughs> Did it break the in your sh- hand? Or the struggle is real, apparently. No, fuck it. I don't even want any more of this. Just, just take a screwdriver and pop it. Just slam it. Nope, I got it. I don't want any more of it. That's a bottle kill. Bottle's gone. I don't have to fuck with that cork again. I mean, there you go. What's in this glass and have a hell of a Tuesday? Because that's bourbon with just a little bit of wine left over. Or uh... There you go. That's fine. Mix and match. It, it all goes the same spot anyways. At least it's a uh, wine barrel finished bourbon, so it doesn't clash. God. I assume I'm going to dump some of that. It was free, and uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I just don't want to fuck with that cork anymore. <laughs> so, I had a big enough vessel. Why not? All right, um, we're back to Ryan, or is it on me? Uh, Dan just went right before this, right? It's on. It's on you. It's on you. Yeah. On me? Okay. Um, so my next call out here is going to be... Should I go deep or should I go... I say we'll probably go I... one more round and then we go deep on the next round. Okay. Whatever, um, you know, deep is. I'm going to go with James Cook then is my next call out. A um, couple other honorable mentions. We'll get to it here at the end as we go. But James Cook is who I want to go to. 
Um, this is a guy that I think you can probably have on the cheap because a lot of people, I mentioned instant gratification earlier. A lot of people want their rookies to hit year one. And when they don't, they're ready to be done with them. They're ready to move on. They have a full complement of picks and need the roster space. You know, they're not willing to wait for something to pan out, especially in the running back game. Singletary's headed to free agency. In limited work, James Cook was second in three yards per carry, third in yards per target, first in breakaway run rate, uh, or sorry, yards per touch, first in breakaway run rate, rate with 11 on just 91 carries, proving he can be dynamic, he can be explosive. Um, we know he's usable in the passing game. There are absolutely some red flags here, but you know, like we've all mentioned, that's why Chase Edmonds is a recommendation. Running backs are hard to come by. And this could be a case where you get a usable player for a team um, that a drafting manager is just down on after his year one performance, even though, you know, with Singletary headed to free agency, there's nobody ahead of him as you come into this. And the underlying efficiency metrics are, are, are pretty good from his utilization. And he has a little bit of draft capital in him. He's still on his original team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season, but you know, I do think this is somebody that, you know, if you have a, a manager that has him that isn't patient, that you can grab on the cheap as a throw-in deal, somebody to look at as you're trying to move around your draft board, um, that should fall into a pretty decent opportunity next year, even if Singletary is re-signed, um, given how dynamic he looked in in his limited amount of work. So, um, you know. Shout out to James Cook. Players don't always hit in year one. This is one of them that people might be a little bit down on um, after a not great year one performance, but the underlying efficiency is good and the opportunity is, is it stands today. Looks good. I think it'd be actually hard to get yeah. for anything lower than like a late first. I think that's what people want because that's what everyone was spending a mid to late round first round pick on him anyways, knowing that the split with Devin Singletary was going to happen, knowing that it wasn't really going to be this year. It was going to be more of a next year type of play. So trying to pull, prime them, it's going to take, I think, a late first. It's going to get just get it started. It's going to real. It's going to yeah. It's going to really yeah. depend how the free agent class plays out and where guys go. Um, right now, at it, the start of the twenty three off season, it's him and Naeem Hines. That that is their running back room to start. I don't I. I think Singletary resigns because I don't think he's going to get what he thinks he'll get in free agency. That's I assuming the Bills want to invest in that though, too. Yeah, I think I think this would be an easy move. I think they, I don't know if they'll get him cheap, cheap, but I think they'll get him cheaper than than probably what they would have to get to try to move up at a spot that they don't really need. They have found vast amount of success with with Singletary. Um, I still like the idea of James Cook after they bring somebody in. Right mm, now, as, as Ryan mentioned right now, as long as it's not difficult. like his brother that they're signing because he gets cut or, you know, J.K. I, Dobbins or something like that. I like it. I, I don't think Buffalo is going to invest heavy into the spot. That, they never that have. Team, uh, that they're, 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 they invested a second into him. I mean, yeah, James Cook. which is about as high as I think that uh, that team is going to go and it's just how you feel about him as a player. You know, it depends how you feel about him as a prospect. It, he was being overdrafted in rookie drafts, but those people I, that overdrafted him are not going to give him up for cheap. No, because they, 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 this is, this is what they yet, expected. Yeah. This is what they expected. Well, 
Is it, or are you projecting, or are you projecting what you expected onto most of everyone? I'm I'm curious to see what happens as we get into the off season, as we see some of these startup ADPs start to hit, because what I know about Dynasty is that people are impatient. Oh yeah, absolutely. And people want now. People want now, and if you don't get now, people are ready to 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 move on for for value it's very very much what have you done for me lately which is literally what this call is is based upon and i think you know we've been warned about this before where you me dan all sitting here in the know where contracts are and in the know that you have to have some patience can very easily say like yeah no i'm not ready to move off of that yet he's just now getting his opportunity sometimes it takes more than a year but you know if you get your semi-average dynasty player that doesn't have that foresight or that insight, then it, and that is just, I want it now. And if I can't get it, I'm going to move on. It's a kick the tires type of move. Really? Yeah. Just, um, just wait till the rookie drafts. I yeah. promise you, I promise like it, it, it's got good depth. It's not top heavy, besides obviously besides BJ. And I yeah. guess we'll see what the combine gives us with some of these other guys. Um, You know, the dynasty community, I guess at least the Debbie community has kind of cooled on Jameer Gibbs. Um, just wait till the draft. Like your rookie draft is the best time to get guys like this because people are going to fall in love with certain rookies. People always fall down. They see a guy that it's a part of a sleeper article that the FF faceoff wrote about if fucking running backs in the second and third round, they're going to see that draft pick. That guy is still available. They're going to look at James Cook and go, well, you know, Devin Singletary's back because I think he's going to resign. You, you can go out and, and get him for that mid to late second round pick potentially because somebody finds a guy that an article said to go get. Yep. And find that sucker. As Hopper mentioned, he had Cook had one game, one game of production, which is smart people will hold on to and wait. But a lot of people, again, as oh. Hopper goes back to, is they don't get. That set of you know faction of 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 that immediate production, and they go back and say, well, why couldn't he take more away from Singletary? Why couldn't he take more away from you know pre Zach Moss uh, trade? Why couldn't he take more away from post Naeem Hines trade? Like it, it's there's a lot to it, and it, it it's gonna really base on your it's gonna base on your league, right? You don't get people like us that that do this shit every day. That's not what most dynasty leagues are made up of. And there's a reason why he's overdrafted in a lot of leagues is because a lot of people wrote him up as sleepers and people see that and they, and they pay up and you, you know, you might get in for cheaper as you get closer to your rookie draft. Indeed. Boom. We can only hope. All right. Let's go around it. <laughs> yes. Let's go around a deep cuts and then we can hit. All of our just names and honorable mentions as we got like 20 minutes left on the clock. Yep. Brian, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to think what, what deep cut I want to use. I got two players I want to use, but I don't know which one I want to use. Do you guys want the New Orleans guy or you want the Carolina Panthers guy? Let's go with New Orleans because I, I know Let's what both go with of them New are. New Orleans because I know what both of them are too. And I think the New Orleans guy is intriguing. All right, so Rashid Shahid, the wide receiver there, who seems to always catch the long, deep pass that everyone loves, and then you do, you don't else. think you ever see him. Yeah, but, but that's just it. You don't think anything else. And actually, I, I studied into him a little bit. 
And the final six games, like he was actually, that's when he really started coming up on the radar. So he goes from an undrafted rookie who posted 28 catches off 34 targets for 488 yards and two touchdowns. Along with that, he also has rushing upside and ran four times for 57 yards and another touchdown. The reason why I like this one a lot is because Michael Thomas restructured his contract, but we don't know the status of Michael Thomas. We know that, you know, Chris Olave has a spot, but what about Jarvis Landry? What's he, is he coming back? You know, it's interesting. Of He's not under contract. Team. He's like, yeah, but is, is he going to come back? Is he going to resign or anything? Why would he it'd be? It'd be a weird move for him to do that. But sorry, go ahead. But it's an interesting site because the way I look at it is, is he already he has himself cemented into this wide receiver core. Plus, if you don't really think he's going to make it in the receiver core, he is their kick returner. So he also has that special team's ability. He could be like that poor man's like Ash and Doolin that a lot of people like, especially like player profile. I always hear Matt Kelly always talk about him. Hey, how much he loves him. You don't fucking besmirk Ash and Doolin, goddamn it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, his, like, you know, that's like my Ash and Doolin is Rashid Shahid right now. It's like someone I actually like look forward to actually having on my fancy teams right now. That's a nice deep stash. So the nice thing about this is that the Saints are right now in the worst cap hell out of all teams. They are the bottom yes. in terms of what they have at negative 53 million. They're going to have to <laughs> shit a lot of contracts. Michael Thomas, I, it's, I don't see him. It's tough because their cap situation is pretty much hell with them. His cap is 14. One, his cap is 14.1 million. His dead cap is 26 million. Oh, Jesus. He's going to have to force his way out of a trade. There's no fucking way that they cut him. None. I I don't see a, a way out for him. I don't think he has a anything noted of post cuts, and the void years don't start until after the twenty four season. So, someone will likely trade for him, but it's his health, right? And it's just Crystal Olave's ahead of him. That's it. Shahid's going to be their deep threat. You know that's mm-hmm. been his primary role. We don't know the quarterback future, but they don't have a first round yeah. pick. Yeah. So their quarterback future, and they don't have cap space. So their quarterback future is. Whatever the Grand fuck Andy they Dalton. can pick up off the scrap heap, yeah. Or second, have under second round. Whoever so they can get second round, even. They have Jameis. So uh, Dalton's a free agent. Winston's still under contract. I think it'll be Winston coming back. I'll look at Jameis, who it should have been most of this season. They inexplicably stayed with Dalton for I don't know why. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's the same. So, but I do I do like the call out. He should be a better fit with with Winston, who's a better deep ball passer. Um, at least, it, <laughs> at least he's more erratic, or he was more. You know, he was more erratic before he left the Bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Shahid is somebody who mid-season popped to me is intriguing, but the Saints are just so fucked from anything offensively that that's a hard one. Because I don't know how they get an upgraded quarterback. I don't think they can. Even if you pluck somebody second round in the draft, looking at this quarterback class, like I haven't done film yet, but there's going to have to be somebody I really, really love to feel like they're going to get an upgrade in the second round. I mean, they're not going to upgrade if it's not in the first round. Yeah. They may, they can try to move up and try to go after a guy that drops maybe, but maybe, but I mean, the historical hit rate of a second-round pick is god-awful low. bad, and yeah. even if, even if, uh, I see them going for, like, a Heineke type, a guy that's going to be vet minimum. 
somebody's dropping in this class. I I don't want them honestly from looking yeah. at it. So yeah. it's they're in a bad situation. Damn. All right, we're gonna go by deep cut. We're gonna say with my home team, Jalen Naylor. Ooh, I love it. All right, it is deep. This is <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I'm so I'm just very choked up talking about. It, apparently, the Vikings are also in cap hell, and they're at the the spot where the Saints are at, and where they're gonna have to start making the tough decision about getting rid of some of these these vet core players. The reason why Cook's a popular cut candidate. The reason why Adam Thielen is a popular cut candidate because of the amount of money that they'll save and shed from the contract to get them back up to zero. Because right now they're also negative you know, with their cap. They're in the, I think they're like fifth from the bottom right now. They're, they're not fifth. So they're 23rd. They're 8 million under the cap at the moment. Naylor is going to jump into a situation where he's going to have an opportunity to compete for the number three spot. I Potentially, like probably between three and four. It depends what the Vikings add in the offseason in terms of wide receiver. This is actually a good class for depth for your number two and three spots. It's just not top heavy, right? It's It doesn't really mirror the draft class because there's no dominant guy that you can go out and get in free agency. But you're going to get some death pieces here, and I fully expect them to, to add in players. But Naylor was someone that, in his very limited opportunity, right? You know, the blowout game against the Packers, he got the lone, you know, he got the first touchdown in just 15% of his snaps that he played, or in just the 15% of snaps overall, he, 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 you know, he went three for three with the big touchdown at the end. In the game against the Bears, when he had a little bit more run, played nearly 50% of the snaps, you know, Four catches, five targets, 62 yards, right? These numbers aren't great. Obviously, this is a six-round pick guy, but he's going to have an opportunity on a very pass-heavy offense that will not have the defense fixed next year. So an offense that should continue to be more pass-heavy, and we know it can definitely be prolific. He's also a speedster. He's going to be another outside guy. So someone that you should look to add, End of your bench, you know, he's the first come, you know, you know, he's a first cut guy, but someone to add as you're watching this, because whoever the Vikings add or don't add potentially is going to speak to where your those deep, you know, those deep dynasty dashes will come from. Because this is an offense you still want to attack for fantasy. All right. If I'm looking deep. Um, y'all want the wide receiver or the tight end? I don't think we talked about a tight end yet. There's not very many, but I, I want like to tight end. Let's go tight end. All right, tight end. I'm gonna go with Peyton Hendershot. And the asterisk on this is that you can also replace everything I'm about to say for Hendershot with the name Jake Ferguson, and it's the same fucking thing. But <laughs> but <laughs> I wrote the same thing down. It, One it, of those two. It's one of those two. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a free agent after the season. Cowboys traditionally have utilized a tight end that is capable of top five scoring. When Dalton Schultz was down, um, they kind of split work and both looked decent in doing so. Um, Hendershot is slightly more athletic than Jake Ferguson. Um, slightly higher spark score. Shout out to Nick. 
Uh, and like I said, they split work when, when Schultz was injured, like quarterback tight end is really, really hard to find sleepers at. They seemingly come out of nowhere. And if they're not these hyper athletic college studs, they, they normally don't hit, but Schultz carried a, uh, contract dispute with the Cowboys into the off season. Um, played this year on the franchise tag. They're not franchise tagging him again. They couldn't get a long-term deal done before. I highly doubt it happens again, which means that it's going to be Henderson or Hendershot and Ferguson. Henderson's probably a good way to put it because it's the same fucking person <laughs> um, playing out for it. I'm going with Hendershot because he's the one I actually have rostered. <laughs> so... I like it. Hey, if that makes you feel better, I mean, especially with Schultz being the free agent, and it's like we we always saw how that tight end is has been with Dak Prescott there. Yeah, and uh, who was the one before Schultz? Who was everyone was like favorite uh, one to draft? Uh, I don't remember his name. Jason Witten, Blake Jarwin. Blake yeah, Jarwin. Blake Jarwin. Yeah, Jarwin. Everyone was everyone's over Blake Jarwin that one year, and then, then he goes down, and then Schultz steps up. Yep. So like. It's always like it's nice there because you you're trying to figure out who the next man up is, so you have one of the two to pick up. So I like your I like that pick, just because this offense needs whatever it can because it's got to shed these contracts too. Yep, and it's one contract they can't afford Schultz after this year. No, not bandit. At least not on franchise tags. The tight end free agency is pretty fucking good. Mike Isecki, Schultz, Evan Ingram, who I fully expect to be resigned. Austin Hooper, Tunyon, Hayden Hurst. Irv yeah. Smith, Irv Smith, yeah, it's uh, there's a, it's a good tight end and running back free agent class. It's not a good core. Well, Jackson, he's set to be a free agent. Uh, it's a know. good tight end and running back free agent class. You got one quarterback that you could go sell the farm for. He's gonna be a Raider, <laughs> and uh, no, he'll be franchise state. You think? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm glad yeah. Harbaugh, let's Harbaugh retires. He'll be franchised no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if he gets moved, he, like he won't. He, if he gets moved, it's because he gets traded, and then someone gives him a long term deal. That's fair. Um, wide receivers is shallow, so it's bad. Yep. All right. Um, you want to yeah. go hit some uh, some rapid fire, just kind of honorable mentions. Who's the the top guy you had left that you didn't get to talk about? Ryan, I I had you. Jordan Mason, the okay. running back for uh, San Francisco, just because it's a running back for San Francisco that was not drafted in the third round. Literally, I mean, it's that's fair. Any running back from San Fran, even if they were bad. No, so, I don't I, do. Third I, round I also wrote down TP or a, a TDP because you want to yeah, yeah. You you just you want to have you want a piece of that backfield. You do. They should always be rostered. Always. Um, I'm going to throw it back to last week as we just kind of throw guys out there. Tyler Algier is, uh, one that I had that you can maybe grab in a trade. He's, he's an interesting one to me because I think that there's a case to call Tyler Algier a sell right now. Um, there's also a case to call him a buy. Um, but we talked last week about how close he was to Kenneth Walker. And even when you get in terms of everything, but touchdowns, and then even when you get down into like, True yards per carry, broken tackles, um, yards after contact, things like that. They are literally right with each other. So um, I think his upside's a bit more limited. I think you make the argument either way, but 
Again, running backs are hard to come by. So if you can get one on the cheap, why not? There is a, there's a, a nice caveat to this. They still have a Patterson under contract. It's not, it's not uh, avoided years until the 23 op, until the 24 off season, which means Atlanta, even though they have the second most cap right now, probably not won't market, go running back. Yeah. Not going to, not going to add another running back to that backfield. At least nothing activity up, up all no. happened with Patterson there. So, yeah, I, th- I think the sell part comes from the dominant ending to it. Right. Yes. He's kind of like, he yeah. is the opposite of Damian Pierce where Pierce is probably going to be the, the better uh, buy. The better buy, but I, I I like the running back situation and the idea of them likely not adding anybody of note, even if it's supposed to be a strong running back class. Um, throwing out my Pierce Strong, right? I love that's a I good one. I debated on him and Kevin Harris with the Patriots with Damian on can, the way out. Yeah, you can put both of them on there. I would lean Pierce Strong. He's the better. He's got the better athletic profile. Way more athletic. Yes. Uh <laughs> Kevin Harris had the more high school uh, pedigree and recruit pedigree. Strong's Harris is the better between the tackles guy. Strong is the more dynamic guy. See, yeah. Strong was the one that didn't catch passes in college that then was used as the uh, J.J. Taylor, you know, a type of guy in this offense before he got hurt as he, you know, he was the primary pass catcher when both uh, Harris and Stevenson were hurt. As Hopper mentioned, Harrison's a free agent, or Harrison. Harris is a free agent, and we know what the Patriots love to do. They are a, we are going to run down our guy, and then we're going to let him fucking go, and we're going to be the next man up, and that's going to be your Stroud and Harris. Both of them should be. I lean Stroud as a guy I'd be more excited about. Um, Stroud's probably rostered more than Harris, so if if he is, go pick up Harris. Uh, maybe go throw a late round pick at him if you if you really want to get a Patriot rostered. And I firmly believe not firmly, but I, I have this hunch that Brady's going to return to New England next year. So we know how much Brady likes his running backs. All right, he loves his running backs. Yeah, four minutes, one more piece. Make it quick. Uh, Terrence Marshall. He's the number two outside guy. He's the number two outside guy. Yeah. He's a 50 50. So I was real expanded and was productive yep. in the quarterback well, carousel. We all loved him a couple of years ago. He stumbled. He started to show a little bit of life here at the end of the season. So he's one that I, I actually like a lot. But they're just taking a minute. And depending on what they do at quarterback. Exa- yeah. That's the, the biggest thing is what they're going to do at quarterback. Yep. Damn. We're going to go back to Superflex, a guy I don't like, but he's going to fall into a uh, probably a competition. Kyle Trask. Tampa Bay. Ooh. Brady is into his void years. It's his decision whether or not he wants to return to Tampa Bay. Obviously, it's going to be a massive heavy cap hit, but if, if he does, I don't believe he's going back to Tampa Bay. This is going to be the same outcome in which he had against the Titans in his last year with the Patriots in the postseason. He's going to leave. I, I fully expect the Patriots to try to bring him back, you know, get him paired back up with Belichick. That's going to leave Tampa Bay at a massive void in the low draft pick. Not a lot of ammunition to use for it and no competition because it's just him and it's just him on their contract at this point. Um, they'll bring in guys, right? But they spent the second round pick on him. 
they're going to try to find some way to see what they have. Again, we're in the very early stages of the off season for dynasty. Throw them on your roster and, and see what happens. At the very least, there's buzz, or if he makes it through free agency and the draft, you can trade him. That's why you want a roster trask. He's not good, but he'll be a starter. He'll he'll have a chance to probably throw some passes. So, all right, my remaining deep cap is Kyle Phillips. Um, also wrote tar- him down. Yeah, nine targets in the opener before things went very downhill. He got hurt, um, and then there was nothing in that Tennessee passing game. Um, he never really cracked the lineup again. Um, I can't see where he was on IR or anything, but um, Woods is a cut candidate for thirteen millions and save thirteen million in savings against the cap. Westbrook's an RFA hasn't really turned into anything. The Titans are hunting for a new offensive coordinator, which hopefully gets him away from being so run heavy. He has insane agility. Um, he's got pa- a passable forty time that puts him in company athletically. Is um some guys that broke out later like Doug Baldwin, Hunter Renfro. Um, even Cooper Cup and Wes Welker in terms of future upside, all the same type of athletic profile. Um, good route runner, plays primarily out of the slot. So um, looking for him to build on on year two, but he gave you nothing after week one. So in terms of buy low, he's one of my favorite options is a guy that can give you some wide receiver three type of consistency with maybe maybe a little bit of upside down the stretch. Speaking of this point, Titans are 24 million under the cap or oh, oh, yeah, over. over the cap right yeah. now. Third over. worst. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're going to be looking to shed contracts. The same note I wrote down about them too, because I haven't written down is they're going to save mm-hmm. just a 2.6 uh, dead cap to cut woods, which I fully expect to happen. And they're not going to have a lot of money to shell out to this, even to this wide receiver depth chart. They're, uh, a class mm-hmm. they have their primary spot to see a guy get drafted probably late day two, early day three, but Phillips should have a chance at least in camp to be uh, competing for the starting yeah, slot yeah. position or yeah, and they need out- and they need outside help. So yeah. you know Phillips project profiling as a slot guy. Go ahead and draft some outside help. Honestly, I love it. Yeah, Phillips. I, I love Phillips even during like the pre-draft process. I oh, we too. know, we do, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we did too. All right, cool. Um, that's the the end of that. Uh, real quick, I'll give you guys a chance to do this too. Guys, I didn't get to without any context. You'll research them yourself. Uh, Khalil Herbert, John Mechie, uh, Dodson Pickens, Williams, any running back free agent because it's a really strong class. Uh, Dolchich, Chigakonkwo, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, who came up on a lot of leadership lists, um, who people may be trying to get out of, and Brandon Ayuk were the guys on my list we didn't get to. So if you guys want to do a quick rundown, go ahead. Mine are going to be a lot deeper. I'm sorry, Brian, you go. I've talked a lot. I got Tyler Huntley. I got Jared Stidham. My mouse just died. <laughs> there you go. Well, while he's dealing with that, by the way, you can find all of Ryan's at FFFaceOff.com. He has an article on it. Yeah, I, I even went tight ends. I have Albert Okoyabuno. And then I went even deeper than that with Brock Wright. I promise you that name has never been pronounced on the show. Brock Wright is a free... uh, Albert Okoyabunum. Yeah, Okoye because yeah. we just usually go with Albert O. Albert O. I've been, I've been practicing. Dan. <laughs> yeah, you don't want me trying to pronounce the name with that many syllables. Uh, Brock Wright is a free agent. He will not. He, he he could return, but he is a free agent. All right. Tristan Ebner for me for the Bears. Lack of running back room. 
Uh, Chris Evans, again, these are all running backs. They're going to be, the, you know, number twos on their roster at this given moment. Um, Calvin Austin for the Steelers, uh, deep threat, outside guy. And that's it. All right. Cool. Uh, let's show tune in next week and, uh, we'll kind of take the other route, uh, on this more. So looking at guys, you should, uh, you know, potentially try to get out of, um, versus stash. Yeah. Also maybe looking at, um, some higher level buys, like Dan said, a lot of my guys weren't necessarily deep, um, as I listed them off, but probably focus a little bit more on the, on the, on the sell side and guys, you should be looking to cut ties with, uh, follow the show at Beerfield F or at Beerfield on, on Twitter because the handle is still the same. So at Beerfield, they'll find it. Or Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast is the name. Um, at Ryan Miner underscore FFB for all of his content. Uh, com to find the article with the rest of his um, stashes there. Uh, and it's we try to work through rookie drafts at Beerfield or at God damn it, Beerfield Thurry. <laughs> I forgot your Twitter handle for a second. It's all right. I'm a whole Fair bottle enough. of wine in. You are. I'm just now getting smiley. Anyway, that's the show. Thank you so much. Catch you guys next week, probably on a Thursday. We'll talk about it after the show. See ya. Ryan See ya. tweeted out beforehand, though. So oh, yeah. I'll get it out there. Here you follow. See you guys. Mm-hmm.